0: The Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. For sports fans, there's no better place and not a better time to visit The Athletic. Download the app, personalize it with your favorite teams and leagues, and get an ad free solution of content every day. It's the best. It's an easy app to use, it's an easy website to use. You can register using your Facebook account, your Twitter account. They make it as easy as possible and if you hit up theathlete.com slash spot track it's 40 percent off that first year subscription today my name is mike genetti big football show final normal show of 2021 gonna take a couple days off here for that holiday break come back next week with scott and do a bit of a year in review some numbers some names some pages and uh what's coming in 2022 on spot track always a fun time to kind of debrief and then look ahead and uh You know, talk about what we talk about internally pretty much every single day. So that's next week. Today, I hate to do this, but I got to talk Pro Bowl because it matters. It matters to the money. It matters financially. And there's a bunch of players that have their finances changed today because of a Pro Bowl selection. So I'm going to break down much of that Pro Bowl list and kind of talk about all these little intricacies where players were escalated. Players have option years that change, things like that but uh, it's a good, strong list. So I've got uh, some decent details in terms of the money and how people rank and all that good stuff. And then back end of the show, just a quick, quick talk about wide receivers, you know, much of what I get into with the pro bowl stuff, but also Cooper cup, what he's doing is phenomenal. Devonta Adams continues to be phenomenal. And you know, the money in that position has already kind of risen to a, to a really good degree, right? Mark Cooper became the $20 million wide receiver Keenan Allen blew by that. And then DeAndre Hopkins blew by everybody to sort of an anomaly extension. So where, where is Cooper cup, Stefan Diggs, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, and certainly Adams going to fit in this conversation this offseason? I think all these players are in a conversation to be extended in the next couple of months. So just from a number standpoint, how could this kind of fall into place? And, uh, what, what is that, what do I have in terms of market values for them right now, heading towards the end of the regular season? All right, I generally don't like to give umbrage to this topic, but unfortunately, it's (laughs) directly tied to quite a bit of finances now in the NFL, so it's worth me kind of sitting here in front of this microphone and breaking down a little bit. Of course, I'm talking about the Pro Bowl selections of the NFL, of which there were not too many surprises. Of course, I imagine much of Thursday will be players that shouldn't have gotten in or didn't get in, but that's not for me to discuss. I'm going to break down a few names a couple of escalators, a couple of fifth-year options that are going to change because of these announcements today, and uh, you know how this thing sort of ranks. I I broke out a fairly simple table, which takes me way too long to do, unfortunately, but uh, it's useful. It's kind of interesting. It's basically just every poll, Pro Bowl selection here on the original ballot, organized by position. You know, starting with the quarterback all the way down to special teamers each player's current average salary, and where that average salary ranks among their position group. So this is how I like to start to assess this kind of data because it sort of tells me where we are. Did we get a lot of veterans? Did we get a lot of high-paid veterans? Did we get you know, a decent mix? And I can tell you right out of the gate, and the reason I'm sitting here right now doing this, this piece is... This is more number one top paid players than I can ever remember. Now, I don't have that data in front of me. It's something I'm going to ask Scott to run after the holidays just for my own two cents. But I can tell you right now, I'm looking at a table that has a heck of a lot of ones in terms of the uh, position AAV rank. And that's interesting. It's fascinating. You know, does Pro Bowl success lead to team success? No, not even close. And the real discussion will be How many of these players make the playoffs? How many of these players make the Super Bowl? How many players win the Super Bowl, of course, of which, generally speaking, that is not a good ratio. Highest paid at certain positions, at any positions, generally does not translate into postseason success or even postseason acceptance in most cases in the NFL. It's just not that kind of league. You need balance. This is a pretty one-sided, if I had to say, Pro Bowl list in terms of pay. There's a good chunk of first-time Pro Bowlers, so I'm not saying that. I believe it's 31, if I'm counting correctly. Um, four complete rookies: Jamar Chase, Rashawn Slater, Micah Parsons, Kyle Pitts. Can't uh, can't argue that at all. I mean, we've heard those names many, many times over the past couple, you know, few weeks. So they certainly belong here, and they're on teams that are outside of Atlanta. Bang for buck, so. This isn't a list of, you know, perennial pro bowlers, if I had to tell you that. There's a a lot of that, and the NFL does release that kind of stuff. You know, Tom Brady's selected to his 15th. He's the MVP candidate. Of course he was. His former teammate, Matthew Slater, is an annual special team pro bowl berth. This is his 10th. Um, You know, Aaron Rodgers, this is his 10th. Those are the the double-digit guys there. Outside of that, it's a good mix. You know, it's a good mix of all these contending teams. And it's a, I think it's tra- translate to the fact that if you look at the standings, there's a big pile, there's a mosh pit outside of the top two in each conference. And there's a lot of what ifs heading towards these past, couple well, the know, last few weeks here. So I, I think we see that. I think that's how the fans voted. I think that's how the league sort of hashes out. There's a ton of parody. There's a ton of neck and neck races for the postseason, And I think we've, we're seeing that with this list. So with that, you know, if we go position by position, I, I gave you a couple of quarterbacks there. You're not going to be surprised at these quarterbacks, nor nor should you be. The the top paid quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, sneaks in with a really an eight an eight week run that many of us expected. Most of us should have expected for these Chiefs, and there's plenty of Chiefs on this list to, to talk about as well. And for me, they're the favorite. They're the Super Bowl favorite. They've been there or damn close for three straight years. He is the most consistent best quarterback in football still. And his weapon set is unparalleled, especially now that you take out so many weapons from Tampa Bay for various reasons. So the, number, the top paid quarterback is here outside of that. It's Rogers who's sixth. And then a lot of guys on some value here, you know, Herbert's on a rookie contract. Murray's certainly on a rookie contract. Lamar still on his rookie contract and then Brady where he always is ranked 15th in average salary for quarterbacks, which is honest to God, it's just where he and his teams generally fall dead in the middle of the top starting starting players. So no surprises there for me. Let's talk Murray real quick because he, he's one of those fifth year options that gets affected here. This is his second pro bowl berth, which means now based on the new CBA rules, his fifth year option in two years will equal the franchise tag for the quarterback next year. The 2022 franchise tag. Whatever that is for the quarterback, I believe it's projected in the $29 million mark, if I have it in front of me here. um, Something around there. To me, it's going to be moot <laughs> because I think he's getting a massive co- contract this offseason. But there is an escalator for that. He earned an escalator for his fifth-year option by getting this Pro Bowl berth. You can argue with, you know, Should the Pro Bowl have this kind of power? I I like that it's somewhat performance-based. And I I want to do a little tangent here to to break down how this stuff works with the fifth-year options because a lot of people either forgot about it or just simply don't understand it. I see a lot on Twitter really right now in front of me of people who are finding out or or, or questioning, is this something Colin Murray had written into his rookie contract specifically? No. This is in the CBA set in stone for any first-round pick. So, The fifth-year option is now two different things. A, the second it's exercised, it's fully guaranteed. That's a change over last CBA. So, you know, the ones coming up right now, one will be Kyler Murray, due May 2nd, 2022. Arizona's going to exercise it if they haven't paid him already, and it's going to be fully guaranteed at that moment in time. You know, Daniel Jones, probably not. Some of these other first-round picks have certainly a chance to get there. So that's the first change fully guaranteed the second it's exercised. The second change is how it's valued. So it used to be the top 10 picks garnered the transition tag for that position. Picks 11 through 32 garnered the average salary of the third to 25th ranked salaries for that particular position. So just a, you know, a tick under what the transition tag would be in many cases. So you got pretty good value if your player wound up in the 20th spot you did exercise that fifth year option you probably got pretty good value on her. it was probably a pretty nice number especially for a running back back in the day so that's you know that's going to be up here a little bit So the change here is now here's the tiers two or more pro bowls in in your first four seasons which Kyler has now done like I said you're getting the you're getting the franchise tag the year prior to that fifth year option. So for Kyler, his option year is 2023. We're talking about the 2022 franchise tag for the quarterback. That's, that will be his option year value. And that that's good for any first-round pick who gets two, pro, two or more Pro Bowls in the first four years. Second tier, one Pro, one pro Bowl. First-rounders who get one Pro Bowl in their first four years will have their fifth-year option valued at the transition tag for that position in 2022, slightly less. So a bit of savings for teams. Uh, We saw that with Baker this year and Lamar versus Josh Allen, who got his contract but would have had the franchise tag of the quarterback on his fifth-year option. So there is a variance. You're going to have certain players at certain positions who have different salaries, like, like I just mentioned there with the quarterback, because of these tiers. Tier one, two Pro Bowls, tier tier two, one Pro Bowl, tier three, no Pro Bowls, but participates in 75% of their team's respective plays, offensively or defensively, of course. Um, that goes back to the old rule, right? So now it's three. the average salary of third through 20th at that player's position. If a, if a first runner doesn't qualify for any of this, there's no Pro Bowls. They had less than 75% they go back to the average of the third to the, tw- to the 25th highest salaries at that position. So it's going to be a variety. There's a lot of math involved here. And uh, you know, we're going to have to keep up with this stuff on the old draft tracker to make sure that as we're going through these fifth year options now are indicated whether they were exercised, what was the value, why, why was that value as such? you know, Hit tier one, hit tier two, hit tier three, hit tier four. And uh, we'll start to educate and kind of understand all this thing together now based on the new CBA. But it's not a specific rider built into somebody's contract. It is negotiate has been negotiated into the CBA. And it's like I said, it's the reason I'm here talking. Because it's just another thing that the Pro Bowls now matter most, financially speaking. There's now more players that have to think about the Pro Bowl as a real indicator and real, you know, a, a budget for their financial future. For, for players who may not get that early contract extension. Now, I do think it's moot for Kyler. Um, I think it's moot for Nick Bosa as well, who also hit his second Pro Bowl and will get the franchise tag at the defensive end in 2022 if this contract is allowed to continue out. I think he's getting a big, massive deal this offseason as well. So, you know, the two players who were affected by fifth-year options today, I don't believe are going to get that. It's not going to matter. They're going to have massive $30 million plus extensions really respectively there in the coming months who else let's go down the running backs uh, becoming more and more fascinating the more we have jonathan taylor in the mvp mix here of course he's on this list the 40th average paid running back in football right now and then it's a lot of uh upper echeloners you know nick chubb who's sixth alvin kamara who's second delvin cook who's fourth and then james Conner who's just having a phenomenal year. And this is a scenario where I I love to point these out because whether he made the pro bowl or not, he was going to be on my list. I talked about him last show as one of those guys who should be extension worthy for Arizona. They got maximum value on him. 1.75 million, a damn near minimum contract for a guy who was, you know, had star potential in Pittsburgh the injuries were piling up and, you know, they had a draft spot where they knew they were taking a running back in Pittsburgh. So that it wasn't a situation where they felt they had to bring back James Conner. But the fact that nobody else would bring him in on four to five million dollars, even on just a one year deal. Now it looks nuts. Now it looks crazy. It looked kind of crazy at the time when he signed at one point seven five million. And I don't think we, anybody expected the production he's, he was going to give. But he's the 44th highest paid running back in football right now. That's behind Jonathan Taylor's rookie contract and uh, the production has been outstanding. So certainly that's that's a standout name for me on this list right now. And I think this is just going to be, you know another tick on the ladder to help him get uh, what he deserved this year next year in free, either free agency or some sort of extension to stay in Arizona. The number one and number two overall paid fullbacks, by the way, find themselves in the pro Bowl. The only two fullbacks selected, are the top two paid fullbacks kind of like to see that that's nice wide receivers keenan allen is third Devonte adams is 19th Tyreek Hill is sixth stefan diggs is 20 cooper cup is 15th so there you go five of the top 20 average paid wide receivers in football made this pro bowl the other two three i should say Jamar chase on his rookie contract. Number 32, Justin Jefferson on his rookie contract, number 51 and Debo Samuel. Of course the best value here, the seventy-third highest, highest paid wide receiver in football. One of the most explosive players in the game now. And, uh, you know, he's going to be up for a contract extension. Not too long here. Jefferson's got to wait a year. Debo is available after 2021. Not sure though. I'm not sure how that Kyle Shanahan system is going to work with, uh, you know, the rookie quarterback who's going to take the reins next year. Nick Bosa, like I said, is probably getting paid early. I don't know about Debo. They may they may need to see one more year with him, and then uh, before that option kicks in, we'll see. But uh, or that would be a franchise tag, I should say, after 2022. You never know. Might be worth their time to lock him in when there's so many unknowns elsewhere on that wide receiver core. He's certainly a sure thing for now. Tight end, speaking of sure things. George Kittle, number one. Travis Kelsey, number two, Mark Andrews, number four, and the rookie Kyle Pitts, number nine. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty much how you can expect it every single year. And I think Darren Waller would have been there if he stayed healthy. There were some other players that probably should be in this conversation, but Pitts is the up-and-coming, and he's with the uh, kind of the big boys right now on this list. In terms of players going down here as I go through these defensive players and some of the offensive linemen, I'm going to point out players who I think are going to get paid, right? So Orlando Brown left tackle for the chiefs. They brought him over from Baltimore on a right tackle rookie contract. He's still there. He's going to cash in. And the guy I think he's going to approach is Trent Williams at 23 and change, who is the top average paid tackle in football, offensive lineman in football. And of course he's on this list. So another number one, right there, number one, tight end, number one, left tackle, number one, quarterback, number one, fullback number one guard, number one defensive tackle, number one outside linebacker, number one off-ball linebacker, number one cornerback, number one kicker. That's a hell of a lot of number ones for a a list that certainly has a lot of players and the best players in football for 2021. But generally speaking, there's a lot of up-and-coming players who make this list who are about to get paid, and there's plenty of those here. I'm just telling you, having done this now for a bunch of years, it's a lot of number ones. It's a lot. And it's really great to see because teams are getting what they deserve out of their high paid players. And it's it's satisfying for, I think, a lot of reasons. All right. I mentioned Orlando Brown. You know, Tristan Wirfs is going to get that deal at some point in time with Tampa Bay, Whether, regardless of who the quarterback is. He's a he's a mainstay there. There's no question about that. You know, the Browns guards both make this list, both got contracts the last couple of weeks. And uh, so you can understand that translation process. There's a bunch of Dallas Cowboys offensive linemen here. And I, I I bring that up because I'm not sure about the sticking power for that O-line. I think it's something Jerry Jones is going to have to address sooner rather than later. He spent a lot of years taking boring first-round draft picks to build up this O-line to be what it is. And age and injuries and retirements and things like that have really kind of uh, you know, dropped everything down to maybe slightly above average on a lot of levels. Now, Zach Martin's here. Tyron Smith is here. We'll see. I, I think there's some changes coming to that offensive line, if I had to guess, in Dallas sooner rather than later. The second-paid, highest-paid center, Ryan Kelly, is here. I mentioned Brandon Scherf. He's been injured. He still makes this list as the top paid guard in his franchise tag. Uh, will they, won't be on that extension is a big question there. Defensively speaking, Max Crosby gets a, an escalator on his fourth year with Las Vegas because of this Pro Bowl berth, and it jumps up about $2.5 million. So really good news for him. Um, you know, there's some small bonuses. You know, Kenny, Kenny Clark gets an escalator. Green Bay Packers defensive tackle. Good one. Damn good one. But the big breadwinner is Xavier Howard. Uh, who held out, wanted to be traded. They did a small renegotiation on his contract, bumped up some money to this year, voided a couple of years, and built in this Pro Bowl bonus, which was likely to be earned at $1 million. And now we're here. It's earned. He gets himself a million dollar bonus for, for making this Pro Bowl, which is you know, an extraordinary number for an arbitrary system like this. But look, <clears throat> I, I do think you're going to see contract negotiators and agents start to build these things in significant Pro Bowl bonuses. Why? Because rookies are getting significant bonuses from this. If what we're talking about with Kyler Murray grants him an extra two plus million on his fifth year option, you know, you can we can sit here and say he's never going to see that. But guess what? If I'm an agent negotiating his his extension, Kyler Murray, that is built in. You know, his fourth year guaranteed. Now this fifth year at two million plus more guaranteed plus a franchise tag plus a fra- second franchise tag that's the that's the barometer I'm bringing to the table for my guarantee at signing and it's now 2 million plus more than it was yesterday so it, even though it's a moot point in terms of he's not going to get to that point of his rookie contract it's extremely powerful for the agent to say look you know two pro bowls that means this now we got more more guarantees built into our rookie system that's got to translate into what we see up front in our extension. So it matters. Like I said, it matters. That's why I'm here talking about it. And now that it matters that much to your first round picks, you're going to start seeing veterans saying, look, if I'm going to get selected to this thing, if I'm going to have a season, if even if we're a terrible team, maybe especially if we're a terrible team and I'm re- I'm renegotiating, right? I mean, if Devonte Adams renegotiates and extends in green Bay and then Aaron Rodgers leaves, and it's Jordan Love or or you know TBD playing quarterback. I'd love to see Devonta Adams have million dollar Pro Bowl bonuses built into his contract because if he's going to be playing on a bad team and he's not going to have the benefit of post seasons and things like that that he's had for so you know his whole career, if he's going to play his butt off and get himself to this and and have you know be voted in, be financially rewarded for it. This is not the conversation I would have had for you three years ago. I promise I, I, I hated this kind of stuff. And, you know, I kind of laugh at workout bonuses and I laugh at a lot of these pro bowl incentives, but there's a, it's a very impactful situation now for much of the league. So um, it matters. And I do think we're going to see more and more of it. Jalen Ramsey, of course, on this list, Aaron Donald, of course, on this list, you know, your edge rushers are about as clear as day. Joey Bosa, number two, TJ Watt, number one. Shaq Barrett, number six, Cam Jordan, number six, defensive ends. Chandler Jones, going to need a contract somewhere. He's number seven right now. I'm not sure Arizona can afford him. That's a name to watch for a lot of these contending teams that have to upgrade their their uh, defensive pass rush right there. I mentioned Nick Bosa. I think he gets extended this offseason. I believe Max Crosby will as well, by the way. Now that that fourth year has been boosted, you might as well just roll that into an extension for Vegas. Um, you know, Chris Jones is here. Kenny Clark, I mentioned deforest buckner huge contract there you know defensive tackle wise number two number three number one number five number eight huge number four it's one two three four five eight that's your defensive tackles in terms of average pay just massive massive financial uh you know kickbacks there. massive teams are paying and they're getting everything they pay for and i think that's how it's going to be at that position now will that position keep up with the edge rushers no but if you can stuff the run and get to the passer, mm. I mean, that's, that's where it's all about right there. That's, we're going to see Quinn and Williams lock this in a little bit soon. And there's a few more out there that I really think can boost this thing well over 20 million that DeForest Buckner has has kind of set this benchmark at. The safeties are the usual suspects as well. Buddha Baker, Harrison Smith, Kevin Byer, Derwin James, Tyron Matthew, Quandry Diggs. You know, and I look at those because the franchise tag remains kind of low at that number right now. There's some value in sort of nickel and diming those players, but you've got high paid players making the Pro Bowl. It's good news. Again, I'd like to see bonuses built into these. I'd like to see Tyron Matthew be, you know, heading to free agency with an extra million dollars under his pocket. Now that's unrealistic in a lot of situations and especially with teams that won't negotiate these kind of things. But Matthew's going to hit the open market if, if Kansas City doesn't extend him. And he's got a lot of chips on his shoulder, rightfully so. He really does. And there's a lot, you know, this safety number is now north of 18 million based on Jamal Adams and what they gave up. So it's going to be tough sled to start to keep these teams together with these kind of salaries, it's despite the fact, you know, in spite of the fact that we're at 208.2 now for 2022. But. That's a that's the synopsis I can give you. There's uh, you know, a handful of free pending free agents here, and maybe that'll change in the coming weeks. But to me, the biggest takeaway is two things. A, you gotta be able to translate you know what this means financially for many players for various various reasons. Fourth year escalators, flat out incentives. Certain certain players got future escalators to their base salaries because they were given a pro bowl berth. And the big one being the new fifth year option rule, which is if this is your second Pro Bowl, it's a it's a massive increase. If it's your first Pro Pro Bowl, it's a slight increase in terms of the transition tag. And, uh, you know, if you haven't made a Pro Bowl in your first round pick, that's uh, something you have to look forward to. Especially if you're a player who's not a guarantee to get that extension. and You want that fifth year option to mean, you know, mean as much paying for bucks. So. I've got the list up on spot track right now. I'm going to kind of break this out a little bit more tomorrow or in the coming hours here in terms of, you know, notable playoff berths. I mentioned Brady's at 15, things like that. Rogers at 10. Uh, how many first timers that we actually have here? How many of these players are free agents and, and what does their market value look like? There's a lot to talk about here. You know, Devonte Adams, of course, to be in the big one. Uh, you know, I mentioned Tyron Matthew, another big one. Uh, plenty of extension candidates on this list. Plenty. Uh, what happens to Jason Kelsey? What happens to James Conner? To roll it back into form, and uh, you know, at some point in time, Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert both are going to be very, very rich, rich men in this league, and that is the uh, the going rate. Okay, that's my breakdown on the Pro Bowl selections for 2021 in the NFL and what that means financially. All right. One more quick thought here and then we'll get out of here for the holiday season and be uh, back with a year in review with Scott next week and kind of have some fun with that. Some numbers, some notable names, the uh, what to look forward to in 2022, all that good stuff. Wide receivers. Um, There's going to be a lot of talk about quarterbacks and, you know, from me specifically as well. But this wide receiver class is excellent and it could change. You know, extensions can happen here. And I'm not even so much talking about what, you know, free agents to be. Um. It it is free agents, but also just flat out extension candidates. So the big one right now is Cooper Cup, who for all the right reasons is at the top of a lot of discussion points in this NFL conversation pool. So he's having an insane year, insane. And you can say Robert Woods was with him for half the year. Now OBJ's there. You can say Stafford's had up and down and up and down season. I think all that's true. You know, there's there's a lot of reasons to discount just how good this player's been, but he's been like this forever. I mean, if you've owned him in fantasy, you know this guy, who this guy is. He's never been this good though. He's never been this standout good. And I remember vividly, the second Matthew Stafford was traded to the Rams, this is the conversation that was had. It was, the connection between Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford has a chance to be, and by the way, the second they got together, it looked like it was going to be a match made in heaven. McVay was saying it, Stafford was saying it, cup eventually said it and then we started to see it in minicamp we started to see it later in the year it was just a, a major simpatico mentally and oh by the way they put in the work these are the guys i mean there's plenty of stories out there from jordan Rodriguez in the athletic these guys stay after practice they go through iterations they discuss hey this is why this happened this is why i broke the route off here this is why i threw the ball there hey let's make this work rub off the cornerback the this way you know, break out of this, settle into this normal stuff, but just seems like a, they've been ramped up and B they are on the same wavelength. Very similar to, by the way, the conversation I hear locally, which is Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. These guys are attached at the hip. It's not just a marketing ploy. It is an absolute, they are friends off the field, friends on the field. They can communicate in Sympatico with how they need to be running their plays. Now it hasn't exactly worked on the field this year, you know, like it did last year, and no nowhere to the degree of what Stafford and Cup have put together. But from a market value standpoint, which is where I want to go here with this, we do things on a two-year basis. So right now I'm tracking stats from 2020 and 2021 for Cup, for Adams, for Godwin, for Robinson, for Diggs, for Metcalf. Right? These major names, AJ Brown, major wide receivers who are at the top of this list right now for a for a contract. And yes, Cooper Cup has two years left, but it's a fairly high cap hit next year, which makes me think the Rams are gonna do something about it. And you know, yes, Stefan Diggs has two years left. Same conversation. They're gonna lock him up. He's gonna probably be demanded at this point. He's been a good soldier financially speaking in Buffalo. And it's very, very clear he's the he's the WR one there. And they may make some changes to the rest of that wide receiver arsenal. So the Rams have already locked in Robert Woods at a fair value price, if I had to say it. So now it is cup time and cups putting up numbers on the field that just make you think the sky's the limit for this finances. You know, Hopkins was doing this for a year and a half and he got 27 million on an extension, a small extension. I don't think it's going to be that kind of situation. And when I run the numbers and I'm looking at the market values list right now, I've got Devontae Adams up you know, near 27 million a year, 26 and change. And I think that's right. Um, the top three guys in terms of market value wide receivers are all 28 years old. It's not these young guys. It's not Brown. It's not Godwin. It's these three. It's Adams, Cup, and Diggs. And Adams is way, way ahead. Way, way ahead right now almost four million more than where I have Cup and Diggs. I have both Cooper Cup and Stefan Diggs on a four year 90 million plus extension, which in the grand scheme of things doesn't sound like, you know, it's not going to jump off the page at you, but you talk about 50 million guaranteed, 55 million guaranteed, you start talking about, you know, you're tacking this on to two years. So a six-year contract total, spread out a couple of bonuses, be able to handle the cap properly. I I do believe there's no reason these teams would want these players under contract for that kind of term. You know, what do the players want to be locked in that long? Hopefully not. That's something I've been advocating against. But based on what we've seen in the past and, and the age of these players, and certainly the production, it's four years, ninety for Cup and Digs, almost identical evaluations. Where Adams is kind of far and away ahead, and he doesn't have years left on his contract, so he's a franchise tag candidate, of course. Which he's going to get slapped. I've got him at five for one thirty-three. It's a huge number. It's massive, and somebody's going to pay it if Green Bay does it. You know, is there a trade and then sign for Devontae Adams from that franchise tag? I think a lot has to do with the quarterback position, as we talked about last time. But there is a big, big gap between Adams and this. You know, it's not. It's not a second tier. Cooper Cup is not a second tier wide receiver. But in terms of the two year statistics, he is. Regardless of what he's doing right now, I realize he's about to catch 140 balls. I realize he could have 18 touchdowns. And it's nuts. And the Rams are going to keep him because of it, no question about it. But I'm not sure they have to go 25 million for Cooper Cup. And they haven't in the past. They've gotten incredible value on these wide receivers. Incredible. I think Robert Woods is really strong value. I mean, his current average salary, Cooper Cup, is 15.7 million. So what we're talking about is adding almost eight million a year. That should be plenty, regardless of what the going rate is. That should be plenty. And if, like I said, if you pop in fifty-five million of that guaranteed, I think you're in good shape, really good shape. So that's where we're headed. And I know there's going to be a lot of uh, anxious anticipation for how, where Cooper Cup could be. And look, this is this is just math. You know, common sense says twenty-eight-year-old Cooper Cup is worth the top wide receiver contract in football. What I'm here to tell you is the fact that Devante Adams is out there and needs a contract even more than Cup does tells me he won't. It tells me Adams is going to run this gamut. It's going to be a little bit like Mahomes and now the rest of this field. To, in, in, based on the math that I'm looking at and the numbers that I'm staring at, I'm telling you Adams is going to be his own world for a little bit. <laughs> and even if Green Bay has to pay, I think Adams is not taking no kind of discounts to stay. None. So I expect it to be a huge, huge number, 125 million plus total value. So it's incredible what Cooper Cup is doing. There's a lot of miles to feed in the Rams. Oh, by the way, one of them being Matt Safford, who has one year left in 2022, similar to what Aaron Rodgers has in Green Bay. So there's a lot of translations here. Uh, I, I think of these, you know, of these conversations, Adams goes first, then digs, then cup, but there's a really good chance all three of these guys get massive, massive contracts in the next couple of months. So, yes, the quarterback stuff will be sexy. What happens to Lamar? What doesn't happen to Baker, more likely? Does Stafford get the extension? You know, does Wentz get an extension? Certainly Kyler Murray. But this wide receiver group is worth thinking about. It's worth looking at. It's worth talking about. And uh, it's going to be big-time numbers, maybe not as big as some of these players are hoping for in the grand scheme of things. But big time bucks, really exciting stuff from really exciting players in this league. All right. My thanks to The Athletic. Check out theathletic.com slash spot and get 40% off that first year subscription. And of course, balanced bridge funding. Check out balancebridge.com. For Scott Allen, have a great holiday season. We'll be back next week with a little bit of roundup of 2021 and uh, a little bit of what's coming in 2022. My name is Mike Giannotti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the spot Track podcast.